Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Durham. Durham is a block-based chain business with the mission to support the minor league baseball players through the trading of its RBI token. While these baseball players are professional athletes, they are often underpaid and struggle to make rent, afford good food, pay for gear, and support their families. They train and perform at a high level in order to make their dreams of playing in the big leagues a reality. But at the same time, a lot of these players need a second or even third job in the offseason just to be able to afford basic living expenses. The mission of Durham is to support these players by putting money directly into their hands so they can use it for personal needs and focus more on the game of baseball. By allowing them to focus on what's important, Durham is helping to create a sustainable pathway to success for players and supporting the entire minor and major league baseball system as a whole. This project works by collecting a small tax on every transaction of the crypto token. These taxes are sent to a treasury, which is used to make payments directly to the players in the form of Durham sponsorships. The amount of money in the treasury is directly dependent on trading volume, so the more people who buy the token, the more funds will go into the treasury to use for the mission. As this project grows, the value of the token will rise, which creates a great opportunity for investors as well as the players. For the tech savvy, Durham RBI token has a 10% buy tax and a 15% sell tax, a deflationary burn mechanism, multi-signature protection on the treasury wallet, and a liquidity lock of 100 years. To get invested with the community and support the mission, purchase RBI with Ethereum. Visit durhamenu.com for the official contract address and uniswap link all right i am excited for my guest today a pitcher in the marlins organization uh drafted in 2019 by the miami marlins out of louisville brian hoeing how you doing brother i'm doing good how about you i'm doing well i was telling you right before we jumped on here we're, we're supposed to get snow tomorrow in in april i'm like what is what is going on we're getting a couple inches of snow supposedly here in, in wisconsin yeah i don't miss that that uh, midwest the northern weather at all that's for sure yeah so you grew up in in indiana like so that's yeah. pretty midwest yeah that's the definition of midwest i feel like so um what how has your spring training been like what have you been up to it's been good you know i got down here um january 16th um, so it was relatively a little bit earlier than the actual spring training started for some like early camp. Um, but it, it's been good. It's been good to have the guys all down here. Um, the days are not too bad. They're not, they're not too long at all. Uh, especially in this Jupiter weather though, it does get a little bit hot, but that's all part of it. Like I said, earlier, we down here and then up there. The day, the days aren't too bad at all. Uh, we get in there about, you know, eight o'clock or so, leave about two or three o'clock. And honestly, it's just good to be around the guys again. Um, the offseason's nice and whatnot, but you start to get that itch to kind of get back down here to spring training after the new year. Um, but now it's going good. I'm just ready to get into the season here and mm-hmm. it starts in a couple of weeks. So what is like um, a typical day in like the minor league side of, of spring training? Because like the minor leagues is sort of like a mystery sometimes to us who watch <laughs> yeah. baseball because we don't really know. We yeah. see like the big league camp and all that. But what yeah. is like the typical day during spring training for you guys? 
so for me, it's, it's a little bit different because I'm a pitcher. So, um, you know, the, the hitters like to give us a little bit of crap because the, the pitcher's days are, are way easier, I'd like to say, than the, the hitters because they're out there all day, you know, feeling ground balls, taking batting practice and whatnot. But for us pitchers, you know, our main job is honestly just to go out there and, you know, get our arms loose and work on our, our pitching. So you can only do so much out there. So for me, um, you go in there pretty early, get your work in, stretch out, um, kind of get your body right for the day. And then once you feel like you're ready, all the guys go out onto the fields. Um, and us pitchers, you know, we, we stretch, we condition, we throw. And that's honestly about it. You know, you might have a lift that day. Um, but if not, you know, your, your day is basically, basically over. So it's it's a nice little nice little setup for sure. Yeah, it's incredible. And I was telling, um, I had uh, Nick Bennett on. I've had um, Kate McClure okay, yeah. on. I've had a couple other guys from Louisville. Um, and yeah. I just had um, Zach Britton on last or two episodes ago, and I was telling him this yep. might be an unofficial Louisville podcast now because I've had yeah, so honestly, many. Yeah, I've had so many see, Louisville that, guys on. That, that's a, that's a good list of guys right there. Those are my boys. Yeah, so like we'll talk about that in a, in a second here, but let's start like um, in in before then in high school, uh, you were the number four like ranked pitcher in in your state of Indiana, and Indiana's pretty a pretty good hotbed for like baseball nowadays. I feel like it's been producing a lot of good talent. Um, yeah. At what point did you realize you were just absolutely like dominant in baseball? <laughs> I will say that to your point, Indiana is a little bit slept on with the baseball talent because it's like I said, it's up, it's an up north state. So people think all we really do there is, you know, stay inside and play basketball and mm-hmm. not. But there's actually been some really, really good talent coming out of Indiana. A lot of guys, honestly, now in the big leagues, a lot of guys in the minor leagues knocking on the door to get to the big leagues all from Indiana. Um but for me, I started playing travel baseball at a young age. I would say maybe 11 or 12 years old. Um, and that's kind of when I had a, a thought that, you know, baseball could be part of my future um, pretty seriously, too. Um, you know, the, the talent in Indiana, I was, I, was tra- I was playing with the Indiana Bulls, a great organization who gave me a lot of good opportunities to play and travel and compete against the best competition, you know, around the country. Um, so I would say once I started playing with the Bulls, I had a feeling that, you know, baseball might work out for me in the future. How did you stack up against those guys? Because I'm um, obviously that's that's travel ball, so you have a ton of good players on there. Like, did you feel overwhelmed, or are you pretty much like you were going toe to toe with the guys, and you're like, all right, I can I can hang. Yeah. Uh. Well, for me, I only played league baseball in a mm-hmm. small town in Indiana, baseball Indiana. So we were about an hour away from Indianapolis. So I was kind of oblivious to how that all worked. Um. But once I got once I joined the Bulls and got up to Indianapolis and started playing with guys around the city, you know, just everywhere from the state. Um, I realized there's actually a lot of good talent out there. Um, but no, I held my own. I, I did well. Um, I met a lot of good teammates with the Bulls, who I still, still keep in contact with, which is great. Um, but no, I, they did they did help me out a lot with the with the Bulls organization. So then, what were your stats like in high school? Because I mean, obviously, you're like I said, you're number four ranked pitcher in your in the state. Like, what were your were you just absolutely <laughs> like just lights out, like game over? Like those those kids <laughs> in the Midwest, so no chance when they came up to you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the, the specific stats off the top of my head, but I will say, uh, yeah, that the, the area where I pitched, it was, I did well. I did well. Um, especially when, like you said, you, you interviewed Zach Britton. Mm-hmm. He was my, he was two years younger than I was. So once he became a freshman, we kind of had that battery connection where I was pitching to him and man, it was, it was awesome to have him back there and the trust with him back there calling the pitches and whatnot. Um, but it all comes back down to the talent in Indiana. I mean, we got out of sectionals one year, but we faced a really good team in the regional and we got bounced in the regional game. Um, and it's crazy because we had two dudes on that team that are now playing professional baseball. And I'm not sure the team we lost to, if they have anybody playing professional baseball or not, but 
the fact we lost says a lot to you know how good the town is in Indiana. Um, but yeah, it was fun playing for Batesville. I, we had a great time there. Um, just playing with the guys I, I grew up with playing for a long time, you know, ever since I, was, since I was about six or seven years old. And then to finally go into high school, high school ball with them was great. All right. So you mentioned Zach and I got to bring this up because he had mentioned this the last time I talked to him and I, and I tweeted at you <laughs> yeah. this. So he was telling the story about how they literally had to shag balls and they couldn't do BP. Yeah. Um, like what was, were you, did you ever have to shag the balls when he was out there doing bad so, practice? So my, my first two years, um, or I guess, sorry, my last two years, Zach was, uh, Zach was a freshman and a sophomore. So yeah, at that time he was putting ball as a freshman, and a sophomore, well, he's four, 14, 15 or 15 or 16 years old. He's putting balls over the fence pretty easily as a, you know, as a 15 or 16 year old. And I go on to Louisville and then he's still got two years left of eligibility with the high school team. And yeah, I, you know, the word around town and especially in the town of Batesville, it's a small town that it's like, you know, Zach Britton during, or during batting practice is putting these balls, you know, on top of these houses in right field. And I, and I believe it because I know how good he is. And, and sure enough, yeah, there's dudes out there, you know, standing in front of houses, making sure the ball doesn't hit the houses. Like I said, man, those houses had no chance. I mean, they were just going to get peppered all day long with him taking BP. So it was cool. I was in Louisville hearing about all these stories about him back in, back in Batesville, and it was awesome to hear about that. That's incredible. And like I told him, yeah. like he's legend, like hated and loved by people <laughs> yeah. uh, in those yeah. in that area. Um, so exactly. So how was the recruiting? Or actually, let's talk about this. You played multiple multiple sports. Like you weren't just a baseball yeah. player. Like what else did you play? I uh, I played basketball. Um, yeah, I played basketball and baseball in high school. It's, it's funny because we, you know, in Indiana, like we're known for basketball. Right. So honestly, honestly, growing up, you know, my first love, my true love was basketball. Baseball was kind of just something I did on the side because I was, I don't know, it was just something that filled my time in the spring mm-hmm. and the summertime. But my main focus each year up until probably shoot middle of high school was I was ready for basketball season and, it, you know, it helped me out. I was a little bit taller than everybody else. So it came a little bit easier at the beginning. Um, but now I, I loved it. We playing, I never played AU basketball, but, you know, high school basketball in Indiana was just different. We would sell out gyms, um, a lot of town around that area. Um, it was just, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So would you say your, your school was more of like a, a basketball school <clears throat> just given for like, sure, yeah. just given like Indiana and the state of like, it's yeah. just known for basketballing and producing talent. Yeah. I, I would say definitely for basketball. We've had a lot of good talent come through uh baseball high school with basketball. Um, the town, it does a really good job about rallying around the town with basketball games. Like I said, our gym probably held, uh, I want to say maybe 4,000 or so, 3,000, 4,000. And a Friday night, Friday, Saturday night game against a, you know, in-conference opponent, opponent, those gyms would be packed. We actually had one game where um, we were playing our rival high school 15 minutes down the road and uh, halftime of the JV game. So the junior varsity game, the varsity hasn't even played yet. Um, they had to close the doors of our gym because it became a fire hazard. There was too many people there in the gym. So they actually closed the doors. And I'm telling you, the atmosphere in those high school basketball games was something different, something you really don't get. With yeah. baseball because it's it's outside, right. but with basketball it's indoors and man it gets loud and it gets your adrenaline pumping for sure. So you played basketball and you were a starter on the team, and then you played yeah. baseball for for the team. Like so, I asked Zach this: so were you like just one of the big guys on campus and like big dog on campus? <laughs> like you were the basketball star, baseball star, <laughs> getting like off. You got drafted like six times. <laughs> yeah, right. It's crazy. Uh, I, I would just say from a small town. Um, yeah, there was a lot of attention. I would put it that way. A lot of attention, um, but it was it was all good. You know, the the town very really supported me, and, and um, I loved it. I love where I came from. Um, 
and it was exciting. Like I wouldn't trade that for anything. Small town. Um, everybody knows everything. So like you said, like once word kind of got around that I was getting recruited with, with baseball and then also I was pretty good with basketball on the side. Um, things kind of, you know, escalated for me to say the least. Were you getting um, like scholarship offers for basketball as well or no? Yeah. Yeah. I, I visited a couple of schools to, to play both in college. Um, I took visits to some big 10 schools um, for basketball recruiting visits. And uh, like I said, man, basketball was my thing. So I was loving it. And I was going to take advantage of those opportunities because I grew up, you know, dreaming about that type of stuff as a kid. That's awesome. And so like what, yeah. what big 10 schools were we talking about? Like for basketball, like what, 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 how, and how heavily were they recruiting you? Like, was it more than baseball at that time? Uh, I would say it was about even. It was about even. Um, the schools I visited with basketball were, you know, a couple of them were um, Indiana, Purdue, Butler, Michigan. Wow. So, so some like um, legit, like some yeah, legit basketball like, programs. Yeah, like yeah, some legit ones. And I, and I, I never played a second of AU basketball, which is the craziest part because my summers were, you know, full of travel baseball. Right. So these coaches, uh, as far as, you know, the level of recruiting, we had Brad Stevens would come at the time. He was a Butler head coach. He came to our gym, Matt Painter. Um, I talked to Tom Crean. Um, so, yeah, it was it was exciting for sure. So when he chose baseball, all these Big Ten basketball coaches' hearts were just broken because you decided to go the, <laughs> basket, the baseball route. Yeah, well, I told them at the beginning, I said, hey, look, I, I also play baseball. And not they didn't really know it at the time. They thought, you know, you know, you know, if someone's recruiting you from, you know, Indiana, Purdue, Michigan, Butler, these these schools probably assume that if you're getting recruited from these guys, like obviously you're going to go basketball route. But I had to let them know. I was like, hey, look, I actually like baseball as well. Um, so I'm actually going to, you know, ponder both options. And they all knew that. And it came down to it. I talked with my family. Um, and just the best decision for me in my future was to go the baseball route, even though it was tough to put, to, you know, kind of put it in the book with, with the basketball. Yeah, um, yeah, that has to be a hard decision to make because, I mean, like you said, you're good at both sports. You yeah, have that so. that privilege and the opportunity to pick where you want to play, like whether it's baseball or basketball. Um, so then, like, how were the recruiting visits for basketball? And, like, did they differ much from, like, the recruiting visits for baseball? Yeah, I would say the baseball visits were more um, specific, uh, more intent. The basketball was kind of like – they knew I liked basketball, so every time I went, would go to a school – um, the, the baseball coaches did a really good job of setting up recruiting visits with the basketball coach there. So I would go, you know, talk to the baseball team, whatever, the coaches and staff, administration, and then they'd be like, hey, come talk to the basketball coach as well. So it was kind of like the main focus was the baseball recruiting, but also with the side of talking to the basketball as well. Okay. Um, but also I didn't have a couple of visits where it was just mainly basketball too. So, but the majority of it was baseball for sure. How was the decision then to pick Louisville? Because I, I asked Zach this, I asked a couple other guys this, because like you look at their record and like what they've done over the last couple of years, they're just a powerhouse, like like uh, a breeding ground for just baseball players. They have baseball players all over, um, yeah. all over every team, right? In, in in the farm system. So how easy was it to just to pick Louisville and be like, look, I I can go here. There's a good chance I'm going to get drafted again. Yeah. Um, how was that yeah, process? Like you mentioned, man, it was, it was the tradition for me and the coaches, the staff. Um, they did a great job recruiting me. They really made me feel like they, they cared about me, which they did. Um, and, I, and I looked up to those guys who played there before me that really set the standard for all of us. Um, some big-time names who, like you said, got drafted and everything. So I felt like for me, it was the right fit to go there and kind of, you know, follow in those footsteps. And I thought if I went to Louisville, that would give me the best opportunity to, to pursue my dream of playing uh, professional baseball, which that absolutely did. 
Uh, but it was tough. You know, I had it down to a couple of schools, but also, you know, Louisville being only two hours away from me allowed my family uh, mm-hmm. to come down and watch me. So it was the perfect distance where I had my, you know, I had my space between, mm-hmm. you know, being at home and also it was close enough to where my family could come watch me. Um, and we all, and also it was an ACC, one of the best baseball conferences yeah. in the country. So the competition in that league was was tremendous. Yeah. Um, so you got drafted right before you went to Louisville. Like, did you expect that to happen or it was just kind of like, oh, cool, but I'm still going to go to college? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a feeling I was going to get drafted. Um, my senior year, I actually under, underwent two, two actually major surgeries. I shouldn't say major, but, you know specific surgeries on my knee and my arm. But at that point I was like, you know, I think my best route is to go to, to Louisville and kind of get my body right, get back into, to get back to healthy. Um, but I did have a feeling that yeah, I was going to get out to the high school, but after those injuries, man, I was just set on going to Louisville and get my body right. And then uh, going from there. Okay. I respect that. Um, so yeah. obviously you go to Louisville, a stack team, like they have talent everywhere. Um, yeah. How was it joining a team that was like loaded with talent as well as um, like trying to like, stand out but also like fit in with like the group to win like the ultimate which you guys didn't but like to you know you're battling for that that uh, national championship yeah um as mentioned before i I was coming from a small town so in a small town you're the the big fish you're the the man on campus Mm -hmm. everybody talks about you and whatnot and then the first day you step on louisville it's like all right everybody else who's with me was also that big fish Mm -hmm. and so um i get there and it was just talent on talent and honestly, it, it made you want to compete and work hard um, because every day those guys are working hard too. The upperclassmen were, you know, were, were good. They were good leaderships. And um, yeah, it, it was a good culture on the locker room and for sure. And I think our, my freshman year, we had maybe four or five guys, three or four guys get drafted in the first round. So it's like really, really eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, you're like, you know, the, the, the stuff here at Louisville does work because you're seeing it with your own eyes. So. Yeah. Was there anybody on that team that, as while you were a freshman, kind of like um, took you under the wing, showed you the ropes, kind of like introduced you to uh, Louisville culture, I guess, in the baseball? Yeah, uh, I would say Cade McClure was a big one for me. Um, he came, me and him kind of, you know, bonded. He had, he was a basketball dude as well in high school who also played baseball. And me and him bonded really well and just kind of talked. And he kind of took me under his wing. He was only a grade above me, but still, mm-hmm. even in the, the upperclassmen to kind of take me under his wing and show me the ropes um was very very helpful for me in my time at Louisville um guys like Zach Birdie was good for me um and there was plenty of others I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple but a lot of those upperclassmen were mm-hmm. great for the the freshmen and whatnot so that's awesome who was like who was your guys's biggest rival like what what other university was like every time we go there like the, there was some tension yeah uh no doubt Kentucky, Kentucky. Uh, UK I mean they're I think they're like an hour, hour yeah hour and a half away from our campus um, but it, it means more for those guys in state, those Louisville guys who end up going to Louisville to play that, I mean, I knew they grew up hating Kentucky and whatnot. And so I'm from out of state. So I kind of came in and then I kind of had a buy-in on the, the rivalry. And then I realized how much of a rivalry it is. And it's one of the best rivalries in the country, I believe. Um, but every time we played them, it was intense. They always had some good squads. We put up some really good games. Um, uh, but yeah, it was definitely Kentucky. Okay. Um, so did you ever consider going to Kentucky? Before you chose yeah. Louisville? Uh, Kentucky was actually the first school. It's funny. This, the first school that recruited me. Um, my cousin, uh, my first cousin, actually went to Kentucky to play baseball. And so he kind of was like, hey, Kentucky's going to reach out to you just so you know. 
And uh, yeah, Kentucky was the first school that recruited me. Funnier, funny, believe it or not. Yeah, so you could have been on the other side of that rivalry. Like no matter what, it would have been that Kentucky Louisville rivalry. But yeah. you ended up on yeah. the good side. I mean, like I said, I'm a Louisville guy now. Like I'm, I'm cheering for them. And I'll say, I'll <laughs> say this. Say, yeah. Um, I had a stat here. I was trying to pull it up, but I think like Louisville has lost one game since like I interviewed Zach Britton. Like I, I'm not gonna say it's me. Oh really? But you know, like I feel like I'm. <laughs> sending those good vibes and like they they were you might, you might be the good luck charm i might, might be the good I, luck that's charm. what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i told him i said we're probably going to end up in the world series this season or this year say, like, if, if they get there that might be the team that you root for oh it is i'm cheering for them i'm cheering for them all the way um like i am now officially this is like i said it's like almost an unofficial louisville pod um i won't say it is but i'll say that's going to be my my high school i'll i'll see i i read i tweeted at them the last time i interviewed him they didn't they didn't like a retweet whatever um i'll do it again i'll see if they can kind of get a little some traction going yeah. on from them and uh we'll see if they can uh they'll so get maybe, my... she bug, maybe she bugged them enough though to finally exactly reach out. <laughs> exactly that's that's what it is all right so yeah. after your junior year you got drafted again um that yeah. season were you were was it similar to like san francisco oh no that was san francisco right who drafted you yeah, that was that... the giants yeah yeah so how was that like were you ever considering that again like you know, like this is the second yeah. opportunity. Yeah. So my freshman year, I actually had Tommy John surgery. So um, I set up my freshman year of baseball mm-hmm. Louisville. And so with that being said, I was able to redshirt that year. So my my junior year of, in the classroom was all was honestly my sophomore year on the field. So I only had two years of, of playing under my belt when the Giants, you know, picked drafted me that year. Um, and so I had some leverage still. I could, you know, I could go back from my, my junior year of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's what I did. Obviously, I, I I pondered about it. It was a tough decision. I went out to the Cape Cod League and played a little bit, and um, they they came out. The Giants came out and watched me a couple of times. And at the end of the day, it just you know it just didn't happen. Um, I'm, I'm glad with the decision I made. The Marlins are, are a great organization mm-hmm. I'm with now, um, but it was definitely a tough decision at the time to turn that down. How was the Cape? Because that's obviously an incredible like summer league. Like, how was that experience? It was great. I had, was fortunate to go there um, two years, mm-hmm. uh, stayed with the same host family both years, and they're a wonderful family that I'll always keep in touch with. Um, and it, it comes down to the talent. Like I said, everybody across the country, mm-hmm. the top players, you know, in the country go there and compete. And it's just a cool area. It's like, a you know, obviously on the cave with the water, and it's just very historic. The fields are awesome. The crowds are great. Um, I had two great summers out there in the Cape Cod League. It was a great time. I love that. So, um, so all right. So, going back to getting drafted, you you decided to go back for your 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 junior year, um, senior year, but junior year of eligibility. Yeah. Um, I would I would probably say that worked out, right? Because yeah, <laughs> because you end up getting drafted a ton higher than the both of the previous times. Um, at yeah. that point, like, did you think uh, the Marlins were like? I know you fill out questionnaires and all that. Like, were you pretty confident they were going to draft you? And like, how was that experience like? Uh, it was it was a surreal moment. Like I said, I grew up, you know, playing mm-hmm. baseball my whole life. At a young age, I knew I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Um, everything I did, I worked hard for that. And for that moment to finally come, it was uh, it was surreal. Um, it's funny. I was actually on a golf course in Louisville when I found out that I got drafted because was I knew I was probably gonna get picked up that day. And I didn't want to. I'm one of those guys where I can't just sit around and think about you know when am I gonna get picked up, when am I gonna get mm-hmm. picked up. So. I went out and golfed with a couple of buddies and my, my agency called me and said, Hey, you're about to get picked here. And I said, that's awesome. I'm in the middle of the golf course, you know, still playing. And sure enough, I, I can see it. I, I get, well, I get called from one of the Marlins front office people and they tell me, um, 
and yeah, you know, that day changed my life for forever. I'm, I'm thankful for that opportunity that they gave me. So you didn't even have a draft party. I know like no, so I thought no. some guys who do, some guys don't. I, I respect both ways, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like- no draft party. Yeah, no draft party for me. Like I said, I wanted to keep it low key. Um and yeah, low key as far as yeah, playing on the golf course and yeah, no draft party for me. It's kind of a power move though, right? You know, like I'm gonna get drafted, I'm not gonna stress about it. I'm just gonna go <laughs> play golf and chill with the boys. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, I guess you could say that. <laughs> um, so um like I, I ask this question a lot. Like, when you first get signed, obviously, like, we're not going to talk about the money and amount, but you got, got a decent amount of money. Like, what was, like, the mm-hmm. first thing you bought that maybe, like, not say a dumb purchase, but, like, just the first big purchase that you bought, whether it's a car or a chain, uh, some jewelry? Like, what, what, what was going on? Nothing. I mean, nothing really stands out, honestly. Um, I I'm, like to think I'm smart with my money, mm-hmm. and I didn't really go off and buy anything crazy, um, I guess. You know, I got drafted in, in 19 and then um, in 20, in 2020, I got, during COVID, I ended up did get a car. So I guess that you could say that was my first big okay. purchase. But other than that, man, it, was, it wasn't anything crazy. I, okay. I tell you, it was not No, I respect crazy. that. I respect yeah. that. What kind of car did you buy? An Acura RDX. Okay. RDX, yeah. Yeah, super so, cool. Um, yeah. So were there any other teams that were you were thinking may draft you or did you know it was going to be the Marlins? I had no idea. I really had no idea. And, and honestly, it's, that's kind of like on the, on the agency side, they deal with all that, which, which is great for me. It kind of, mm-hmm. you know, makes it less stressful for me. I don't have to worry about, you know, negotiating and talking to teams because I know it's a, it's a hectic process. Um, and like I said, I, I had no idea it was going to pick me up. And all of a sudden my agent called me and said, hey, it's going to be the Marlins. And I said, all right, sounds good. I'm ready to go. That's incredible. All right. So you yeah. talked about playing in the ACC, right? Like a ton of good teams. Uh, yeah. like the, the travel is nice. Like the accommodations is nice. And then yeah. you go to the minor leagues, <laughs> um, <laughs> where it's maybe not so much nice. Um, like yeah. how was that adjustment? I guess we well, took 2020 off actually because of COVID. So what did yeah. you, what did you do during that year actually? In 2020? Yeah. Like how, how did that work I was, out? Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, we couldn't, we had no season. Yeah. I was back at home just working on, yeah, just working out and trying to stay in shape for the, the next upcoming season. Cause we, at that time we had no idea, you know, when baseball was going to yeah. come back. It was a scary, scary moment for the game for right. everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was back home in Indiana at that point, just working. Okay. So then, so like the adjustment mm-hmm. from, cause I asked Kate this and he said, my first thought when I got to the minors was I wish I was still in college baseball. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's right. I feel that. I feel that. Right. So what, what was that like experience? Like, did anybody warn you? Like, look, man, like this is, this is going to be a huge adjustment for you. Yeah. I mean, you, you get some warnings from people and you're like at the time, like in college, you know, the pro guys come back mm-hmm. from Louisville and they're telling us some stories and then you're like, all right, like it can't be that bad. Right. Yeah. There's no way it's that bad. And you don't really realize how, you know, how brutal it can be at times until you go through it. Um, yeah, it's like I said, in 19, I was in Batavia, New York, um, small town in New York. Um, and then in 2021, I was in Beloit, Wisconsin. So my first two affiliates I've been to with the Marlins have been, you know, smaller towns and not much to do. So, um, yeah, it's you got to you got to find ways to, to have fun with your time there. Yeah. So you you talked about the two small towns and a lot of minor league um, stadiums are in these smaller towns. Um, what, what's one city that you travel to and you think to yourself, like, where am I? Like, I'm never coming here again. Uh, I would say, honestly, Beloit was definitely one of those options. Like, where you know, where am I even at? Mm-hmm. Um, another city would probably, 
I mean, I know it's a it's a bigger city, but Peoria, Illinois, last year in Peoria, Illinois, our hotel was in the middle of a cornfield. Like you look out every window, and it's just corn. And I'm used to that coming from yeah. Indiana, but some of my teammates had they were in shock. They're like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "Yeah, this is this is part of the Midwest right here." Wow. Um, but yeah, I would say that was probably the one that stood out to me. All right, so I'm glad you mentioned Beloit because I asked this question, and a lot Beloit is like the answer I get so many times. And like I told you, you had to put in your Twitter bio like. Um, Beloit Snapper Survivor, because now they're not the Snappers anymore; they're the Sky Carp, right? Sky Carp, yeah. Um, yeah. and now they're with the Marlins organization. Um, I was reading about this; they almost got canceled, like they almost got rid of the team unless they were going to get a new stadium, because like they weren't meeting any codes um, yeah. <laughs> in terms of minor league. And minor league, the minor league was like, "Hey, dude, y'all got to like either get a new stadium or like we're just going to cut yeah. you guys out too." So. What was your experience like coming from someone who actually played there as like your home stadium? Yeah. So before we went, before we went to the to Beloit, um, some of the guys, the the office people with the Mar- the Marlins, you know, they said they were they kind of they were just like, hey, look, it's not the best scenario. Like you guys are still gonna have fun. And I'm like, all right, it can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. And you get up there, and, and I'll tell you what, it, it was something else. It felt like the, the surface of the playing field was was grueling. Uh, we didn't get very many fans. I would maybe say we averaged probably 50 to 100 fans a night. Um, so there would be times in the dugout where you got to whisper to the dude next year or else you felt like, you know, the other team's going to hear you talking across the field. It was that quiet some nights. Um, but, yeah, it was, like I said, it was called Pullman Field. So that field has been there for forever. And you get out there and it's, yeah, like I said, it's it feels like you're at a high school field. I, haven't, I didn't play at a field probably that brutal since high school so that kind of took me back it humbled me up a little bit and said hey look even though you're a professional athlete mm-hmm. look you're still gonna have to play on a field like this um but yeah there was times where we're, we're warming up in the outfield you gotta be careful rolling an ankle or getting hurt or anything like that um but they did just uh, as you know they did just build a new stadium that's beautiful and Beloit. so we got to be able to play in there halfway through the season thankfully so once we moved into that new stadium it was you know it was night and day compared to the first stadium you know, I've seen pictures of the new stadium, and I was telling you I'm going to be going there <clears throat> when um, maybe maybe there might be their opening week, actually, or opening weekend, and I'm going to be heading out there in a couple weeks. Um, so I'm excited. Okay. You won't be there. I mean, you'll be double-A probably, fingers crossed. Um, but if you are yeah. there, I'll, I'll holler at you. But um, So I was told that like, the, 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 the showers and like the, dug, the locker rooms were like dirty, dirt floors. Like what, what was that like? Is that, was that true, or people were just exaggerating? Not not the showers so much. The showers were fine. The showers were fine. The locker room was small. I wouldn't say dirty because we had a we had a clubby there that we clean up after us. I mean, we would, you know clean up after ourselves yeah. the best we could. But the clubby would each night, each morning, we'd come in there and make sure it was it was spotless. Every time we came out into the field, on the locker room was clean. But the locker room was very small. Old locker rooms, like I don't know when that field was built, but it was probably the same locker rooms. You know, on the very first day they built the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, old fashioned wooden locker rooms. <clears throat> But it was it wasn't bad. The weight room was connected to the to the locker room, so you could be in the locker room getting ready for the game. You look to your right, you know, ten feet away, there's a guy working out in the weight room. So it was just crowded. It was really crowded for a bunch of dudes there, um, but we made the most of it. We had a really great time there. The, the guys there were awesome. Yeah, and like I said, I'm going, I'm going to the new stadium soon. I'll I'll update you. I'll let you know how how my how my experience yeah. is. I'm excited to look. I'm looking forward to it. I've been to the old stadium. Um, obviously I didn't, I didn't think much of it. I mean, I just felt like it was a typical minor league park, but, uh, now that I hear all these horror stories, I'm like, okay, maybe it was just a lot, a lot worse than I imagined. Cause I wasn't playing on the field. Um, what, yeah. were there any cities that you visited that you're like, wow, this is incredible. Like I'm having the time of my life. 
Like, what were some of your most um, favorite cities to visit? I would say the highlights of last year, the, the cities I like to visit was um, South Bend was really cool. Um, you know, South Bend only being <clears throat> a couple hours away from Chicago, they, they really take care of that affiliate there with the Cubs. Mm. Um, that city was beautiful, um, good crowd, um, good playing surface and whatnot. Um, and it was right next to Notre Dame campus. And I'm, I'm from Indiana, so it kind of hit different too for me because I was kind of, you know, relatively back at home in the state of Indiana. Um, so South Bend was one of my favorite spots. Um, other than that, I mean, they're all kind of the same. Um, they, you know, they, they offer the same aspect. There's always decent crowds. Um, but I would say Beloit was, was probably the worst in our division. Actually, mm-hmm. without a doubt, it was the worst yeah. in our division. So, yeah. And that's why they got rid of it. You know, good for them. <laughs> uh, getting yeah, a, a new exactly. stadium. Shout out to uh, the city of Beloit. Um, yeah. Do you have any, like, funny, like, interesting minor league stories or experiences with fans? Um, cause I know like in those, in these, in these stadiums are like, especially even like Beloit, they're like right up on you. Like you can almost like feel them like, like a couple yeah. feet away from you. Like do you have any funny, uh, interactions with fans or maybe like a funny minor league story where you're like, that's, that's, that's like the epitome of minor league life right there. Yeah. Um, as far as the fans go, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're honestly, it was worse in college with the fans. The college fans were more on you than the pro ball so far, at least. Uh, the fans are pretty respectable. I mean, you get those occasional, you know, dudes that, yeah. that chirp you a little bit, but it's 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 one in one ear out the other. You don't really mm-hmm. pay much attention to it. Um, I would say for me, uh, I don't know how you know crazy this is compared to other you know minor league stories, but my first you know minor league story that kind of opened up my eyes, like wow, this is crazy. Was we were in, oh wow, we, it was in nineteen. We were playing the uh, Indian short season affiliate. I can't remember where it. I should know that, but I don't know where it's at. And we get back to the hotel and our hotel is out of electricity. And it, it reminds you, it's, it's dead in the middle of summer. And so it's probably, you know, it was probably 90 degrees all day. We get back and the hotel electricity has been out for, I don't know, five or six hours. We get back and we got to play the next day too. Like, thankfully I didn't have to pitch the next day, but like our starting pitcher and, you know, the guys who are going to play the next day, I mean, our hotel is probably, you know, 80, or 80 degrees or so in the hotel with no electricity at all. And, you know, you got to find a way to, somehow get some rest and play the next day um so that was my first moment where i was like wow this is this is an absolute grind you know stuff like this we can't yeah we can't just pick up our stuff and go to a different hotel this is where we're at like you gotta deal with it and so we we found a way to we were playing cards in the the lobby with our phone flashlights on and just trying to make the best of the situation but yeah that was that was eye-opening for me no electricity in the hotel and it was middle of summer hot so yeah that's crazy, and that, that's no, that's that's incredible because that's like the absolute like epitome of minor league life, right? You can't just yeah. move, move to another state or another uh, hotel or motel. You're just stuck there with your phones, stuck, yeah. <laughs> playing yeah. cards. And if with... you wanted, I mean, you could you could take yourself to a different hotel, but nobody wanted to do that. So you're all just like, right. let's just let's just sack it up and make the most yeah. of it. Uh, and does it kind of help you? You know, like you mentioned, like you're with your guys. Like, does it kind of make you make it easier? I mean, not maybe easier, but maybe easier to deal with knowing that you're going through it with all these other guys. And it's not just like only you, but it's like, yeah, your boys. I I tell people all the time, if it wasn't for my teammates and my friend, I don't even look at them as teammates anymore. Honestly, they're just my my friends at this point. Um, It makes the process so much better and so much more fun. Um, If they weren't, you know, fun and great to me, then, you know, the minor league life would be, you know, a a real big grind, but these guys coming in, coming in today, every day, uh, we're able to joke around. We have a good, you know, good atmosphere in the locker room. Uh, we're all from all over the country, which is great. So we got kind of di- got different backgrounds. 
Um, and we've been around, we've all been around the game for so long. We kind of have that same personality. We all click and mesh really well together. Um, but it's crazy because we're all competing for the, you know, obviously we all want to be, you know, in the big leagues mm-hmm. one day. But at the end of the day, you know, we're still rooting for each other. We want, we want the best out of each other, which is which is awesome. No, I love that. I love that. Um, so um, what is like your pregame routine? Like, are you a superstitious guy? I know some baseball players are, some some aren't. Um, like, where do you fall in that category? I would say on a scale one to ten, I'm like a two or three. Okay. I got like a couple things that I got to do before the game. The days I pitched were – I feel like I got to do that, just kind of get my mind right. Um, and I, I mean, I guess the one for me is just like the same compression shorts. Like it, it's washed, but I got I got this, you know, this pair that I like that are really, really comfortable. But compared to some other dudes that I've seen, I mean, it's nothing compared to that. These guys go, you know, above and beyond to make sure that they got their superstitions down. Um, but yeah, I don't consider myself a big superstitious person. What are some? You don't have to mention names. But what are some like the more funny like superstitions where you you're like you're looking at the guy like, does that really work for you? And, and like in their head, you know it. They believe it does. Uh, I would say it even starts like before you even get to the field. Some dudes take the same car route. <clears throat> like if they if they have a good game, they'll they'll drive the same way that they did, but the day before if they had a good game to the stadium just to you know give them that chance of mm-hmm. you know repeating that. So the car route, um, what they wear to the field, you know, same pair of, you know, underwear, shorts, shirt, whatever, pants, shoes, socks. Um, and then, that, I mean, I guess that's basically about it. So I guess it's not too crazy, but I'm probably missing a couple of things that I'm aware of. But, yeah, those are probably the two things that stick out for right now. All right. Right on. I feel that. So, yeah. all right, question for you now then. Um, so I asked this a couple of different people, and I <laughs> Zach Brayton actually was a funny one. Um, has what is the funniest thing a fan has asked you to sign? Because he told me a fan had asked him, a kid went up to him and asked him to sign his like forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a couple foreheads. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I would just say any part of like your bare skin is a little a little strange, and it's usually like like Zach said, it's usually the kids that do it. Um, they kind of just come up and hey, can you sign my arm? Can you sign my forehead? I'm like, is your is your parent, is your mom or dad okay with this? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, sure, whatever, I'll I'll do it. Um, but other than that, you know, nothing too crazy. I would just say any part of like the bare skin that's probably been the most strange spot to sign an autograph. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand what what the point is of having someone yeah. sign your forehead. I mean, like you know. <laughs> Hopefully, I guess a kid it might be on there for a while. I was gonna say it's gonna take a couple showers to get off. Yeah. So when you're not playing baseball, what do you do? I know you're a golfer. You mentioned golf a couple times. Uh, What else do you do? Uh, golf. Um, play a couple of video games with my buddies. Um, I like to. I'm starting to get kind of get back into reading a little bit. Read some books to to buy some time. Take some notes with that. Um, and then when we got, when we have free time, you know, down here in Jupiter right now, we like to go to the beach a lot. Um, cause like I said, some of the days with pitchers, we get done, you know, relatively early in the day, you know, noon or noon or one or two o'clock. And so we'll get a group of guys ahead of the beach and kind of just hang out there. Um, other than that, yeah, just, you know, I like to go out to eat, have some dinners, go to some nice restaurants. Um, yeah, it's nothing too crazy. What kind of, what kind of music do you listen to? And like, um, like what is like your you're like your walk-up song is for, for a pitcher. Like do you, how often do you change that too? Um, the music I like to listen to, I like, I'm, I'm a little bit of everything. I like to, I don't really have a specific mm-hmm. type, but I like, you know, R and B, um, rap, pop, country. Um, 
kind of like chill music. My walkout last year was coordinates by Travis Scott. Um, but you know, in that, in that Pullman field speaker, it didn't sound too great. <laughs> so we, we made the most of it. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like all types of music and I will say music's honestly a, a big part of, of me. I, I, I like music and just with the, being on the road all the time, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. on the buses, the travel and stuff like that. I feel like you just got to like music or else you might just go crazy on the buses, the eight yeah. hour long buses. So, yeah. No, I respect that. I mean, now you can listen to this podcast, yeah. obviously. I mean, you know, <laughs> share, right. share, yeah, share it, it with the boys, you know, get, get, get the word out. Exactly. I respect exactly. that. So uh, before we end, let's end on this. Like, um, obviously, you you pitched in, in uh, low A and high A, or was it just high A, actually? Um, no, you did low A and – oh, yeah. So just high A, uh, below A last season. Yeah. Um, you're going to yeah. head into double A this season. What are some things that maybe you're working on um, or you're looking to work on this upcoming season? Uh, I would just say just staying healthy is, is the biggest thing. You know, the, we play 140 games in the season. Um, so the main goal is just to stay healthy because that's, that's pretty, you know, taxing on your body. We play six out of seven days a week. Uh, I guess for me, it's I pitch once a week, but a lot of preparation goes into that once a day a week. Uh, just staying healthy, treating the body right. Uh, as far as pitching goes specifically, I always just take pride in, you know, throwing strikes um competing you know not ever let up you know against a hitter um i got a couple of pitches that you know i'm toying with right now that i like um but overall nothing really you know too specific just you know just kind of sticking with it right on well hey i i uh i respect that i i'm thankful that you you took your time i know uh you're a busy guy i appreciate you taking some time to come on the podcast yeah, and talk no to problem. me um, I do appreciate that. Um, I will continue to stay in contact. Maybe we'll have you back on another time. Um, hopefully uh, in the future sometime. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right. You got it, man. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.